Guys, welcome in. My name is Tatiana Barro, and this is the Cager Express. Each episode, I bring in someone from my community that I'd like you to know. We get to know them, play some games, and have a good time. Let's welcome in Kai. Yeah, that was so good. That was so good. Did that sound like me to you? Except you have a way deeper voice. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'm excited to be here on my own podcast. This is this is cool being on the other side. Welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. What are we doing today? So we're going to do a lot of Q&As about you and life and the podcast. Nice, because this is season finale of season one. Yes, and it's fun to turn the tables and get to know the host with the most. Can I say a few things about season one first? Of course. So I just want to say thank you to all of my season one guests. That includes yourself. Ah, thanks. And I want to apologize on record. (laughs) I interviewed you for like three minutes. And that allowed me to learn that I need to interview the guest more. So I only interviewed for like three minutes. So no one really got to know you. And the other thing is on the Cinema Escape episode, one of the guests, Andy, spelled Pharaoh incorrectly. And if you count up all the dings, they're tied. But because Pharaoh was actually spelled incorrectly, that means Hannah was the true winner of that episode. Ooh, bragging rights. Bragging rights, indeed. And don't worry about mine. It's all a learning curve. (laughs) It's all a learning curve. But each guest has been really fun and exciting in their own way. I've learned everything and anything from each episode to help me improve and get ready for season two. Yeah, I enjoyed as a listener, listening to all the episodes. I did have a little insider scoop uh, (laughs) before the episodes, but I liked listening to it from start to finish. The way you change things up, the way you grow throughout the episodes, and I can hear how you have improved throughout the whole season. So I am looking forward to the next season. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Now, was it weird listening to yourself on your episode? For sure. Oh my gosh. I have such a high-pitched voice. And I'm so sorry, everyone, because I'm hosting. (laughs) The host with the most. You know, almost every guest said something like that off the camera, of course, worried about hearing their own voice. And, uh, and I think in each episode, each guest said somewhere along the recording, can I swear in this podcast? Because <laughs> they weren't sure, like they acted like it was, it was live on national television or something. But That's fair. I mean, instead of me saying, can I swear, it was, are you going to edit this? Are you going to edit this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do edit some more than others. But light editing all around for production value. All right, Kai, are you ready to dive deep into these questions? I'm ready. Let's see what we got from my viewers. (laughs) So we're going to give a shout out to Bethany R. for this question. She said, how did you choose the name for your podcast? A long time ago, I had a blog and it was called the TK Express. And I just kind of did a stream of consciousness writing thing where I would release anything and everything, uh, maybe once a week. In fact, I think on Thursdays. And so I've always liked the name The Express as like a train. And I wanted to bring it back. And I wanted to kind of keep that name alive, except I changed the name to The Cager Express, which is 
I guess my stage name, but also the name Cager, Ezekiel Cager, came from my life. And when I was in maybe a darker area of my life, I created a superhero named Ezekiel Cager that allowed me to like maintain confidence and determination to overcome a lot of the obstacles in my way. So we put them together and we have the Cager Express. Ideally, the train has many different compartments. Right now, we're just doing the interview podcast, but I want to evolve and I already have some ideas to kind of unfold as the seasons go on besides just the interview podcast to show you the many different cars of this train. That's super exciting. And I got to say, because I kind of know what you're in the works of, <laughs> I hope everyone listens and tunes in for the future things that Kai has put together because I'm super excited to see where it heads. His creativity and imagination is unlike any other. So just to get a little taste of his world would be really exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be good. And I mean, some of my guests have, have reached out or I've reached out to them to have them kind of on board because right now it is just myself, but eventually I kind of need a team. I need ideas to bounce off of. And we got some good things in store. So I'm excited too. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So your next question comes from Jasmine R. She asks, what makes you want to motivate people? I mean, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life from being a personal trainer and a teacher even or just a basketball coach at a collegiate level. And motivation, I think it just comes from I want to treat people how I want to be treated as well. So the people Amen in my life. That. Yeah. The people in my life that have motivated me. Uh, to give me a little bit more of a confidence boost when I didn't have the confidence. That's what I want to return to people. I, I don't necessarily like market myself as a motivational person, but throughout my many stops in life, I feel people do come to me for a pick me up or, you know, when they're down, I, I seem to be the, the voice of reason for them, which is very, you know, I'm honored to be that for people in my life. And I think we try to live life alone too, too often. We think we have to do it by ourselves and we don't realize we have friends, family, a companion uh, that we can lean on. And it's not, you know, a codependent thing. It's just it's part of raising each other and being there and making life easier than it, it is in our minds. Yes, I can attest to that, too. You are a great friend. Thank you. Not only to myself, but to a lot of other people. And I am honored to have you as one of my great friends. Thank you. I mean, I think you just got to look at yourself. And I wanted great friends. So I try to analyze and do all I can to be a great friend to others in you know, hopes that I get that in return. And I can say I do from a lot of my friends, including yourself. Thanks, Kai. Reciprocation. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit to some info about you. You mentioned you wear a lot of different hats yeah. um, and you still do. You have in the past. Do you want to dig into that a little bit and let us all know your background? Sure, sure. I mean, to, to reference a meme, a meme video that no one's probably ever going to see. I'm just trying to live my life. I'm just trying to make French fries. Um, <laughs> Everyone should go watch it. It's really th cute. There's this little, okay, just aside, there's this video of this little kid in a car and it's four lines and he has the camera real close to his face and he's real cute. And he just says, I'm just trying to live my life, man. I want to work at McDonald's, man. And then the dad goes, why? And he goes, I just want to make French fries. And he has like a big smile on his face. But besides the cuteness and the funniness, like 
I think there's a lot of purity to that as far as we are just trying to live our life. We're trying to survive and make a name for ourselves. So I've jumped around. Uh, I have my education in applied exercise science and biomechanics. I have a psychological evaluative tool license. Uh, I was a collegiate basketball coach. I did a little bit of drug testing for the Beijing Olympics. I was a math teacher. Now I am in escape rooms. Uh, I'm kind of like a semi-escape room engineer. I'm, I'm learning on the fly. Thanks to my boss, Jim Norcus, he's teaching me a lot. But along the way, you know, I've, I've realized, oh, I was a medical receptionist once. And I think at that job, I learned how to talk to people because I used to be shy. And there was one lady in probably her 90s that came by and I was going through some weird times as far as like, what's my purpose in life? What's the point of all these jobs that I'm doing? And she told me basically like her whole life story about how she was a chemist. She played in the women's softball league during the war. And then she was like a grocery worker and stuff like that. And just all these different jobs. And instead of being like, woe is me, she learned something from each one and took it to the next job. So she just gathered all these skills over time. And that's kind of how I've approached life too. No matter what job I'm in, I'm going to try to give it my best and learn from it and then take those skills and apply them on my next stop or apply them to my friends. So I really love entertaining my friends. I'm trying to entertain the listeners that listen to this podcast. So I'm trying to make it more of like a, a global thing. But that's basically my, my upbringing as far as educational and background. That's awesome. So I knew most of that except for the drug testing. Oh, yeah. So that was the eyebrow razor. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it was, I mean, it sounds cooler if I just say I was a drug tester for the Olympics. But honestly, this is what I did. All the Olympic athletes that are, are slated for the Olympics, they're all under some sort of agreement that they can be randomly drug tested any time. So I basically get a call, I get an address, and I show up to someone's house and I watch them pee in a cup. <laughs> and I also <laughs> do some small, uh, either like saliva swab or, or you know, blood draw type stuff. But yeah, got a up close and personal with people I just met that day. So That's awesome. Yeah. But, but again, Olympic drug testers sounds cooler than watching people go to the bathroom. <laughs> I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. And I think you also forgot to mention that you do have some magic tricks up your sleeve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I guess like super rewind into my life. Started off really shy, you know, picked on just like everybody. I'm not trying to make this world. I can't imagine that stuff. though, you being shy. Yeah, I mean, I've learned, I've grown, I've evolved. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Kai 4.0, like limited edition. Oh, okay. But, but so anyways, throughout my shyness and in my, you know, trying to find your way in life, I thought at one point in my life, maybe if I just gather all these skills, someone's going to like me. And so I had this weird, this weird kind of negative fuel like that. So I just like did random things. Like I learned how to do a standing backflip. I learned how to juggle. <laughs> I learned how to do magic, uh, draw, sing, write music, anything really. Later in my life, I realized like, yo, these things aren't going to make somebody like me. <laughs> But now I still got them. So and now I can use them on my friends. So every now and then, if you're lucky, I'll do a magic trick for you. I have, I have some special ones that you know, I save for special occasions, but I have some basic ones too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, scratch the fact that you're a good friend. I only like you for the standing backflip. Uh, well, that's okay. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I guess it did pay off. There you go. All right. So we're going to get on to our next section okay. of questions they're gonna be let's learn about kai okay that's what i'm gonna title this yeah yeah 
Okay, and these come from one of our listeners. Okay. Her name is Haley E. One of our guests. Oh, that is right. Yeah, she's so, one of our. She's a listener and a guest. Yes, actually, at the time of this recording, it hasn't aired yet. But Haley's going to be episode seven. So let's see. What are these questions? We're going to start with what is your favorite food? Okay, I'm gonna go with orange chicken. Mm. It's my favorite food, but on the bougie side, I'm down for some good Jeez. Brussels sprouts. Oh yes. Yeah, those are good, and they're better for you than orange chicken. And then, like, on the sweet side, you can't say no to some good boba. Ain't that right, Tati? Oh, do you want the story? <laughs> I want. I actually want the story. Since I didn't <laughs> interview you at all in my episode, do you have any funny stories between us, Tati? Do I? <laughs> yes, I have many. Uh, we'll just tell the boba story, though. Okay. Let's go with that. Um, Kai and I did an escape room run. Ooh, when was this, like... I think it was like right before right before quarantine started february or march yeah so it was just the two of us i had come down from where i live and we don't have boba from where i am so i told (laughs) them i need to get some asian food and boba to hold me over till next time so we do we go to get boba we're on our way to our last escape room of the day For, for those that don't know what it is they're tapioca balls and I had thought I had finished all of the boba. Well, <laughs> I didn't. It was stuck in my straw. So when I went to take the straw out of the cup and drink the rest of the liquid, what I thought was just liquid, it, <laughs> I don't even know how this happened. There was like a rush of the liquid and the boba all at once that ended up coming out of my nose, out of my mouth, all over Kai's car, and I felt <laughs> extremely bad. But at the same time, I couldn't stop laughing because and I thought it was the funniest thing. I'm pretty sure I just had my car cleaned too. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, you might have done some sort of like pipette action with the straw. Yeah, I don't, the, I don't even know what I was doing. there was some pressure. But there was just an explosion next door, <laughs> and I looked over and... <laughs> There was this purple. There's just like boba everywhere. Purple taro everywhere of my car, and and a lot of laughter to to boot with it. So it was it was terrible. I'm so sorry, Kai. It was it's okay. It's okay. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> worth the memory. <laughs> worth the memory. Yeah, a car is a car. My shirt smelled like boba for the rest of the night. It's not a bad smell. That's true. It could be <laughs> a lot worse. Okay, got sidetracked. Let's go back to these questions. Okay. You ready? Yeah, yeah. So favorite color. Okay, so like very stereotypically, it's blue, but not just like straight blue. Like I'm actually not a fan of straight royal blue. It's As you're wearing royal blue. I'm right not. Now. I'm wearing like light blue. <laughs> okay, okay. It looks it looks a little blue. darker on the camera. That's, that's a visual effect. But I like kind of like this metallic steel blue. Metallic steel. I don't really know how to describe it. I thought steel blue was like a recognizable color my whole life. So when people would ask, I would just say steel blue. <laughs> and of course, you know, people don't communicate well. So they'd be like, oh, yeah. But they don't really know what it is. Uh, Whereas so, I'm like, what's steel blue? Exactly. But you weren't going to communicate with me that you didn't know what steel blue is. Uh, steel blue that is, is true. I don't like, want you to sound like a crazy person on your own <laughs> podcast. It's okay. We got to learn how to communicate. <laughs> That's the underlying purpose of my podcast. So steel blue is like blue and black, but it has some metallic sparkle in it. 
Interesting. So, and maybe like glitter. A, maybe a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> glitter. Sure. Why not? Nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. that is that is my favorite color. Interesting. I'll have to look up steel blue later. Yeah. On to the next favorite song. This is probably the hardest question ever. Can I guess? It, yeah, you can guess. Is it by Chris Brown? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is by Chris Brown. Yes. So that's okay. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. so that that's one way I chose it because I love music. There's like a there's a song for every event in my life. I chose Chris Brown because he's my favorite artist. My favorite song is called "Don't Slow Me Down" by Chris Brown, and it's a base. It's kind of a romance song about like in and out with this girl, and like the girl is not sure if she wants to be with him, but at the same time, the guy has so much like confidence. He's just like, "Hey, like you either with me or you against me, so don't slow me down, and I'm gonna do me." It's like, okay. and it's so catchy. Like it's such a good song. So you should listen to it. Don't slow me down by Chris Brown. Got it. I will put that on my list because I like Chris Brown. So I'm surprised I actually haven't heard that one. He started making these albums that are like 40 songs long. Oh, and so, so he released Heartbreak on a Full Moon, which is like 40 songs. And then he released an extended edition of Heartbreak on a Full Moon, which was another like, I think 20 songs. So it was like oh, 60 no. songs. At that point. I think you would just make a new album, don't you think? I mean, he's for the he's for the fans. I mean, I'm cool with it. All right, I'm gonna listen to that after this. Okay. And look okay. up Steel Blue. I got a lot of things to look up. I, I'm educating so, you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. Favorite alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I don't drink too much, but if I do, it's either gonna be like a tequila. Ooh. To get like the warmth. Like zero to 100 real quick. Like a hug? <laughs> like a hug. If it's a drink, it's the white Russian. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty good. Which, I mean, I had this conversation with my friend the other day, but if you like white Russians, well, you have potential to be a high quality individual. If you don't like white Russians, it's a harder hill to climb for me. Can I get more explanation on that as to why? Yeah, I think it's just an indication of are you down to try something new? And and obviously, if you don't drink alcohol, and that's why you don't drink it, that's a different scenario. If you just like, if you're against having a sip of a white Russian just to try it out, like a, kind of this inclination that you're not down to try new things. I see. Okay. We're going to go with what's your favorite book? Okay. My favorite book, two choices. One is either, I believe it's called the Macro Phenomenal Pro Basketball Almanac. Oh my goodness. And it's it's literally just a, a book about the history of basketball and it has really cool drawings on every page. So it's essentially like a children's book for adults. But I also really like this book called Breaking Back by James Blake, who is an American tennis player who basically he was really good at tennis. I think he went to Stanford and he had kind of his life set out for him. And he had this tragic incident where he slipped on the tennis court into the pole and basically almost broke his neck to the point where like he could not play tennis and the doctors almost said like hey you're never going to be able to play tennis again so his whole life got rerouted during that time his dad passed away and so he got depression and developed what's known as zoster so like half of his face lost feeling and motion negative on top of negative and it's his story about how he dealt with it and how he came back and you know made his life into something worth living in his mind and, and overcoming the depression and all that stuff. So any sort of comeback story I really can be into. And that's, that's one I really admire. What's your favorite book? 
Ah, questions turned on you. No, no, no. <laughs> um, let me see. I like okay. reading about influential people okay. that I find interesting. Okay. I'm in the middle of reading Michelle Obama's Becoming. Okay. And on the flip side, I also like to read fictional stories that are more lighthearted and will kind of take you to that realm of like a vacation-y vibe or okay. if that makes sense. Like I just finished reading a book about summer vacation in the Cape Cod area and I've never been over there, but I feel like I've been there. So it just talks about like the good stuff. There's no drama. Oh, there was drama. Oh, okay. Okay. I just make sure. There's plenty of drama. So there's drama, but the scenario is like pleasant. Yes. But <laughs> I, I love a good mystery. I mean, I work in forensics. So if you can get me enticed in any mystery or crime affiliated book, I'm yeah. all in. Girls, girls in crime. I mean, both your episode and Sarah's episode. I had a lot of different people text me saying, oh my gosh, like, she sounds she sounds so interesting. I love murderers. Like I love I love serial killers and crime. So. You know what's funny is actually when I heard Sarah's, I didn't know anything about her. So when she was talking about how she's really interested in their minds and their brains, yeah, it triggered something in me because I wanted to write my thesis yeah. on specific genes and DNA of serial killers and okay. if they have unique <laughs> traits so i was like she's speaking my language but i digress yes i love that stuff i'll listen to all the podcasts about true crime (laughs) i have books on true crime if you come into my house it probably looks like i murdered someone because of all the true crime i have but i'm a good person i swear (laughs) okay are you ready to switch some gears? Yeah, what, what's the next category of questions? We're going to go into uh, random funny questions that you received. Okay. So we're going to do some shout outs to Gloria R. A lot, of, is... our, a lot of our guests, uh, our last name is R. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Because the next person we're giving a shout out to is Jasmine R. Jasmine again. Awesome, awesome. Cool. Okay. So we're going to start with, did OJ really do it? Okay, the answer is yes. I think he did. It's just, it's been such a long thought out process. They even made like films of it. And and so the answer is yes. And that's really all I can say. I mean, I wasn't deep in in TV at that point, nor was I deep in murders. I've never had that like like you guys. So I'm just going to go with yes. And the shout out to Gloria, because she's also one of our guests on on the season, episode six. And she's from Oklahoma. She's one of my dear friends. So I, I appreciate this question. Nice. Shout out to Gloria. All right. Another one coming from Gloria is, what is your favorite dinosaur? And my favorite dinosaur is the Plesiosaurus, which is basically the thing that looks most like what the Loch Ness Monster could have been. And if it could if have a, been, how do you know it's or there? Or maybe is. So if any mystical creature... <laughs> Or a mythical, sorry, mythical creature is true. Maybe it's the Loch Ness monster and the Plesiosaurus. Okay. Oh yeah, and back to back to OJ. I think the reason she asked this question is because sometimes, as a nickname, we call her Glow J. Glow J. (laughs) Glow J and OJ. So not that she's a murderer at all, but I think that might be why the question jumped into the into the podcast. That's fair. Let's see here. We're going to go with, out of all the haircuts you've had so far, mm-hmm. which one do you prefer? So real backstory on my haircuts is, 
other than being a kid and having your parents cut your hair, I've only had two people ever cut my hair. So I've only been to a barber like twice. Oh. One was this guy named Miguel in Oceanside. Shout out to Miguel. And then another was this girl named Kendra, who I think is down in like San Diego, has her own hair salon. But other than that, I've cut my own hair and I've cut it many different ways. I used to have it like super spiky to where like people in high school would call me Sonic like the hedgehog. And then I would have, I had it long. I even like had it straightened. I had it buzzed. Um, I had braids once in my life that not a lot of people know about. Oh, uh, I didn't know about that. I want to oh, see yeah. proof of this. Oh yeah. I have proof. I have proof. Don't worry. But then a couple years ago, probably four years ago, I developed a hairstyle called, it had nicknames and this you is my favorite hairstyle. It. I did. No, no, no. I did. <laughs> because you tell me if you ever heard these hairstyle names. Probably it's not. called the majestic rooster. <laughs> you ever heard of that hairstyle of course not because i made it up got it so the only other way i could describe the majestic rooster is have you ever seen tarzan yeah you remember turk yeah yeah so basically the majestic rooster is is turk's haircut so so another nickname was the turk but, but basically i had this like beautiful poof of hair and i don't know how i made it work but like I straightened it and I had to like shape it and everything. It was so much effort, but I really liked it. And that is my favorite of all my hairstyles. The majestic awesome. rooster. <laughs> now I'm just picturing a Turk with your face. Yeah. I mean you could basically into it. you could basically do that and it would that would give you a good idea of what it was. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> of course. Okay. So the next question we have is what is one of your favorite things about traveling to Mexico? So I've been to Mexico probably three times, at least in my adult life. And I think the thing I like the most is the people there are very kind and and just compassionate. It's a different world than here in San Diego. Nothing against people from San Diego. But when I've gone to Mexico, obviously, like there's the tourist things to do. But when I went there, I made friends with people that actually live in Cabo and live in TJ and things like that. And I speak their language. I speak probably about 45% Spanish enough where like I can go and get around if people are nice enough to listen and, and speak slowly for me. And if you just if you speak their language and you show respect, it's given back and they're just so welcoming. And so I've ha I have friends there that don't speak English that we talk and we take time to like FaceTime and and text each other and teach each other the other language. And these are people that I've met maybe like two or three times in my life, but even in the interim time from country to country, the efforts there to make a friendship. So I think that's probably my favorite thing about Mexico. On a more like rambunctious note, I did go there for a bachelor party once and we did this like amazing race to all the bars and basically like the groomsmen group had to do some sort of drinking activity at each bar and we could disperse the drinking between us and luckily there was about six of us so we could be strategic about it but the last event was there was a an nes with duck hunt i'm and sorry what's an nes an nes a nintendo nintendo oh. like, like the first nintendo Okay, okay. And it had the game Duck Hunt, which is essentially like this little 8-bit duck goes across the screen. You have a little video game gun and you try to shoot it. Yes. And we had to shoot three and we only had like three shots of, of bullets, three, three bullets left. And so we hit two and then we missed the next two shots. So we have one bullet left. The group that's like in second place comes up behind us and like the 
facilitator of the whole amazing race thing goes, hey, if you miss this shot, they're going to get a chance and they could win. And my friend Marco, who's very drunk at the time, just like goes, guys, I got this. Oh, no. bas- basically with his eyes closed, takes the gun from the groom-to-be and gets the duck. And it was just like, I don't know how he hit it because he was way far gone, but it was just a really epic moment and it, for something that didn't really matter in life. That sounds like a great memory. Yeah, it was, it was a good memory. So a more sentimental memory with like the people I know there and then just a more like fun times memory with, with my guys when we went there. That's awesome. That sounds like a great time. Yeah. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. Everyone, get your serious face on. Super serious. Super serious. So we have a couple shout outs to Jenna H, Tasha S, and Usman A for these questions. Nice. We're going to start with what is your favorite memory about being a math teacher? Two, two memories. One, back when like the mannequin challenge was a thing and like the Harlem Shake challenge was the thing. <laughs> I actually, so we had these things called block days, which was essentially like two hour classes. And it was way too long, especially to keep 45 kids in a class for two hours trying to like keep them focused. So I would have strategic five minute breaks where we would do something like totally non-math related. And we filmed a mannequin challenge and we did like a Harlem Shake challenge. And it was just, it was so fun. Like we threw paper in the air and then like all of a sudden, like everyone was dancing and then the mannequin challenge, like I was teaching a class and then I had like a cue line. I would go to the board and act like I was teaching class. And then all of a sudden I froze at the board and then a kid went around with the camera and everyone else was frozen as like the mannequin challenge would be just like going up and down the aisle. So it was just like really fun little things to refresh the kids from the academics and then hop back into the academics. And I don't think any other teacher did that. And then one more memory from teaching high school is we would have like casual Fridays or like college Tuesdays where essentially we wear a college shirt. And I needed to get like a grade change request form from the counseling office. So I went down to the counseling office on one of the casual days and it was near the end of the semester. And I asked, the counseling office for a grade change request form. And they literally said, oh, your teacher has to come get one for you. <laughs> and I was confused because I had my lanyard on and everything. And I, and I guess they just didn't see it. So I held it up and I said, oh, I actually, I work here. And then they got all embarrassed and sheepish. And then they gave me the grade change request forms. But I guess I needed to uh, wear a tie every day to make sure they knew. That I was a teacher there. Hey, you look young. That's not a bad thing. Thank you. Thank you. Try to take good care of myself. Get those facials. That's true. That's true. Maybe in season two, I'm going to have my esthetician on and I'm going to tell you all why it's important to take care of your skin. Oh, definitely. And I'd love to learn some of the insider stuff from her. Yeah. So look forward to that in season two. All right. You sound like a fun teacher, by the way. I would be in your class. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, I like teaching. It's just... There's, there's stuff missing from education, which I think one of the questions is about that. So I'll, I'll pause until we get to that question. Okay. Before we get to that, yeah. what was your favorite either class or topic to teach? My favorite class was, I mean, all, not all of them. There are some classes, honestly, I didn't like, like dynamic wise, but not going to name their names. But any class where they were down for the cause as far as like, hey, we're stuck here because of the law we have to learn. So let's make the most of it and learn. 
And anytime I had like students that realized that, that school is a part of life and there's nothing we're going to do to like change education right now, but we're going to do our best to get through this and then look beyond school that like school is not going to give us the job and, and go from there. So that's probably like my favorite class. And then was it, what's my favorite subject to teach? I enjoyed like algebra two or like trigonometry was cool and, and calculus was cool as well. But oh, math stuff. It just depends. Like the higher level the student, the more inclined they are to just be like focused. Hmm. And then I can show them we can still have fun and have focus. If it's like freshman level classes, it's tough. It's like babysitting at times and, and some buy in. But, but again, there's like 45 students in a class and it's very hard to like manage and make sure everyone's fulfilling their needs. Right. So everyone that's listening, if you or someone needs help with math, go to Kai. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I guess I didn't say that in my uh my background of jobs, but I, even though I don't teach anymore, I still tutor, and it's so much easier and it's so much more fun because it's like a mutual agreement of like we want to learn. So yes. yeah, if, if you need math help remotely or anything, just just hit me up. And Kai's a great teacher and a great person to work with, as you can all hear. So thank I you. think it would work out. Thank you. Thank all right, you. so let's keep going with this topic. What is the biggest thing missing in from education okay the biggest thing missing in education is one like the class sizes are, are too big at least here in california mm-hmm. but two we're teaching stuff that doesn't directly apply to the real world and so like the cliche answer from a kid who's just trying to like read the spark notes and, and press the buttons are like i want to learn about how to do my taxes or like mm-hmm. no you don't you know <laughs> and, and i'm honestly <laughs> Learning how to do taxes is not what's going to change the world. But I think what's really missing is emotional and social education. Mm. Because so many kids just like kind of like ride the wave. Like if it's like a big lazy pool, what are those called? Lazy river. Lazy river. The lazy river. So many kids just like ride that wave and they're like depressed or they got real shit going on in their lives. Drugs and physical abuse and sexual abuse at home. And it just goes like untouched and and nobody knows how to interact with it. Like nobody knows how to make new friends. People still are totally swayed by media and an image. And it shows in the real world. Once you get older, how many, how many friends do you have that don't know how to talk in person or prefer Mm -hmm. texting or, or when they text, it's just so dry and they don't have this substance and they have like one level of emotion, right? They, I think people need to be trained and how to be multidimensional. They need to have emotional security, and, but also strength and independence and how to control your anger and how to deal with sorrow and guilt and tragedy. All those things are not taught in school at all. It's just, hey, do your work. Here's 80 problems and take the AP test and go to college and get in debt. And along get the way, <laughs> And along the way, they don't realize that those things cause stress and affect your mental so much. And so you get all these like crazy things and you can fail high school. Like you can get a D in high school and still get pushed to the next grade. And then it's, it's it's basically like taking your first swim lessons and you have like the floaties on and you still don't know how to swim. And they're just like, eh, okay. And they take them off and just throw you in the water. (laughs) Like this, like dying. It's like educationally dying. Yeah. No, that was a great analogy. So that's what I think is really missing is, is that emotional and social education. And I think that would improve tenfold in future 
relationships and marriages and this decreased the like the divorce rate and the domestic violence and the broken homes of the family if, if people really knew how to act in social settings mm-hmm. breaking the cycle i think would yeah. be a big thing too because the people that are before us they didn't have any yeah. knowledge of this i feel yeah. like we're barely breaking the ice with Uh, some of the things that you mentioned, what would you do if you had the opportunity? How would you implement those classes? I mean, it's complicated. So while while I think these are the changes that need, it is complicated because it's a a government system. You have parents involved, which may not be on board or educated themselves. And so you're trying to essentially help in parenting someone else's kids. And because there's such a prevalence of ego and entitlement, it's going to be a hard thing to do. But I think if we got smaller classes first, we could give more individualistic attention. You could have time to speak with parents about these are the programs we're going to put forward as far as like morals and, and actions and social settings and see if they agree within reason and maybe have some like alternate branches of what kind of things you could instill. And I'm not saying we should just instill really hardcore morals. I think you should still develop those yourself, but more so just like foundational things like respect and composure and those core characteristics rather than like the hot button stuff. Like I'm not saying we should tell people what religion to choose or or things like that. That's, That's not what I'm talking about here. I got so, you. I'm talking about basic things like, hey, yeah, how like are you? Being a nice person. What? Being a nice person. Hey, how are you? Like saying, how are you? And not just having the automated response back of good, mm. even, if, even if you're not. Yeah. Like, I think that's such a small thing that, that's pivotal in this world. Yeah. Now that you bring up a really good point, this is getting a little deeper than I thought, but a lot of people are scared to talk about how they really feel because they don't want other people to feel burdened by their actual response but if it's someone that we're talking to that's a friend or a family member and we can talk about that stuff why aren't we yes yeah we feel the burden of of the burden of burdening others and this still still to this day 2020 quarantine we feel this like emotional association with weakness weakness and emotion especially Mm. especially through men i think deep down that leads to all these killers that you guys like so much <laughs> it, i think i think it does i mean that's that's a huge jump but like let me, let me make that thought more clear little things happen along the way of somebody's life that change them to the point where eventually they give in to despair and if somebody gives in to despair they are now a hot button to potentially do something dangerous and and that's where i'll keep it before we get too deep but we need to prevent people from ever giving into despair. 100% agree. You said it very well. Thanks. And I don't see anything wrong with men having emotions. It makes them more human, if anything. And it would, I think it would make a lot of things better. That's good. I think it's good for men to hear it from men and men to hear it from women. So thank you for voicing that on my podcast. You're welcome, men. It's okay to cry. Do it. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Let's yeah, cry. man. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to cry my life, man. (laughs) (sighs) All right. We're going to switch topics a little bit here. Okay. Let's go with the general question first. How are you handling the quarantine pandemic, all of this COVID-19? How are you handling it? Yeah, it's it's been weird for sure. And I know it's very serious. But I've always been somebody that 
has like a weird amount of composure. Like a car could be coming at me at full speed and I know I'm going to get in a crash and I'd probably just like take a deep breath and be like, okay, here we go. That's kind of how I feel with the pandemic, but I've had a lot of blessings on the side as far as people hanging out with me digitally like yourself to kind of balance out the the stir craziness. I don't know what stir crazy means. I don't know why I said that. I don't like I don't know, but I understood you. Yeah, but I don't like using words I don't understand. But okay. anyways, but anyways, and and I've had a really fortunate opportunity. Haley, who is one of our guests and also my trainer and now my friend, decided to like semi quarantine with me. So I actually have seen her throughout this quarantine and it gives me that kind of that physicalness that I'm I'm missing as far as like if I was locked up in my house. So I've, I've had that. So I'm handling it pretty well. Obviously, the, the loss of job or the hiatus of job is tough on everyone. The ins and outs of unemployment is a hassle. The magnifying glass on the government is very depressing, but I'm doing the best I can. I mean, we have each day and I try to keep my happiness and create the happiness each day. And I think I've been able to do that most of these quarantine days. Yeah, I think you're handling it pretty well from what I see. And we talk almost every day. So yeah. we regularly check in with each other. And that's what you got to do. I mean, and obviously, like, there's people that are like, you, you have to do something productive over quarantine. And you don't. I mean, obviously, I have, but with this podcast, but at the same time, I do it for like my mental health, like it helps me. And I love creating and it's fun. So I'm not I don't feel like I'm working when I make this, these episodes. Oh, that's the dream right there. Yeah, it was all the dream. <laughs> Tell us one or a couple of things that you've learned or you've dabbled in uh, during this quarantine. What have you made time for now that you have the time? I've been working out a lot more and I am significantly a better runner now. Nice. And so that's cool. So losing weight and staying healthy is super ideal. And then with the podcast, I'm learning music production and music creation, all the stuff that my podcast I create on my own. And I'm not classically trained or digitally trained. I just kind of use YouTube and some other online sources to kind of teach me the ins and outs. I have a couple friends in music production, like guest number two, uh, Rob's Party helped me out a lot as far as understanding how sound audio and sound engineering works and giving me a few tips there. And you know, I've, I've just learned to relax as well. There's nothing I can do to stop a virus. Uh, there's stuff I can do to halt the spread of the virus, but not cure it itself. So I'm just, I'm in my chill and that's kind of my life. I like that. I'm in my chill. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. And I think it's a great thing that you can be so chill because there are a lot of people that don't have any chill, especially right now. Yeah. So great balance in this world. Of course. I mean, I think each episode of the podcast too has been therapeutic because I get to talk to them for about an hour. And even though it's not projected in the production, it is through video. So I get to see them. So each one of the the nine guests I've, you know, spent an hour with once a week or, or whatnot. And it's just been fun, you know, getting in laughs, getting in the gaming section, writing the legends and just, you know, having fun, having a good time. Yeah. Legends are some of my personal favorites. I love listening to the stories that you come up with. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to do our top five version for you. And we're going to do it with five songs that best describe and or define your life. Okay. Again, with the the favorite songs, it's so hard. (laughs) 
but I tried to hit areas of my life that, that are significant to me. And obviously I, there could be more than five, but I'm going to go with a little repeat here. So the first one is the, my favorite song, which is Don't Slow Me Down by Chris Brown. Again, it kind of represents my confidence where I, when I have it, like my confidence, I do have confidence, but at the same time, like everyone grows in their confidence with their significant others and their path to relationships. It's kind of when I, when I'm in my swag, when I'm in my bag, that's, that's the song that I play. And I'm just like, yep, like you're either with me or if you're not, don't slow me down because you're missing out on what I'm doing. And I know I'm going to do great things in this world. That's, so that's a great message. And can I just put out there for a PSA? Uh-oh. He is single, ladies. <laughs> so grab single. him while you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, within reason. <laughs> don't, Sorry don't. if I made you feel uncomfortable. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, you can grab me while you can with, with permission. With consent. Yes. yes, with consent. I forgot that part, yeah, Asterix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Just don't want all these people grabbing me. Just soliciting so. you. Sorry, guy. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm what's your next one? <laughs> I'm turning red on the other side of the camera. Aww. But my next song is called And Ringleader Man by T-Pain. I hope everyone listens to these songs. So Ringleader Man by T-Pain is a very weird song. It has this weird like circusy vibe really weird chords transition of minor chords and major chords and it, it changes keys and stuff but the message is this is my circus and no one can stop me and so there have been times in my life where I've felt certain people just view me as almost like a a comic or a clown and they they come to me for entertainment but that's it they don't realize I have other dimensions and so to fully just dive into that, I have like a weird wild side. And you've seen some of it as my friend, but people have also seen some of it through the podcast within moderation. But like the ringleader, man, if I'm the ringleader, and this is my circus, like sit your ass down because you're about to be entertained and it's going to be the weirdest, most awesome thing you've ever seen. So that's, that's the ringleader, man, by T-Pain. That's, nice. that's song number two. Okay. All right. Song number three is called You Can't Win by Michael Jackson. It's from, I believe, 1976, 78 musical, The Wiz, which mm -hmm. is an, an edition of Wizard of Oz, Yes, but told through a different aspect. And it's so much better than the original Wizard of Oz. You Can't Win is this song basically about how hard the world is, but it's so upbeat. It's like poetically clashing so it's like the message is you can't win there's nothing you do life sucks people are going to tell you like it's it's going to be fine but it's not true but the the beat is so happy and like yeah like you're you're not going to win and that's okay <laughs> and i really like this song because life is hard but it's as hard as you make it and so one of my like identity moments if anyone is in my life is i'm going to show you how easy and fun life can be no matter what's going on in your life. Even if you just lost your job or you don't have any money or you're homeless. If I'm in your life, I want to show you that like, we're still going to make this fun no matter the, like the detriment of your world right now. So that's why you can't win is on my list describing my, my life songs. Oh, I like that. It's a really good song too. And if you watch it in the musical, I've seen it. it. Oh, you've seen it. Okay. I've so you know, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you know the song? I do. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but I agree. I liked it better than The Wizard of Oz. Okay. 
That's why we're friends. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not why we're friends. That's that's a that's a plus. That's the only reason why. Oh, and that's the standing backflip. Yes. Oh, the yes. standing backflip. Yes. I haven't done one in a while, but I'll, I'll try to do one for you. Hopefully. No, on, no, no. Please, because if you hurt foam. yourself, oh I'll do no, it on no. foam. Okay, that's fine. or into a pool. There okay. we go. Next song number coming in at number four is called "Time in a Tree" by Raleigh Ritchie, who is also known as Jacob Anderson, who is also known as Grey Worm on. Game of Thrones. Oh. Most people know this. Maybe you don't, but he's also a musician. In fact, I think a better musician than he's an actor, or at least he's had more opportunities in music than he has, has in acting. This song is essentially about anxiety and depression and kind of just like going back to your childhood. It's, it's this weird melodic song where he's just like thinking, reminiscing about all he's doing. And he's very open about his anxiety and depression and how he deals with it. But it's so peaceful in, in how it comes off. So everybody in this world has some sort of level of depression or anxiety. It, yes, it can be classified as a disease, but I think it's more classified in my mind as a characteristic that people hold no matter what. It's just how are you dealing with it? And I'm not a psychologist or a doctor, so you can just ignore my my Maybe that'll right be now. your next venture. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but Time in a Tree is so peaceful. It's, it's a song that I can listen to on repeat for a whole day because it's just so intricate in its musicality of how it's strung together. It has dimensions. It has kind of different vibes to it. So it doesn't get stale like a really repetitive song you might hear on the radio. Mm. So Time in a Tree, number four. I think you're the one that told me that he creates music yeah and i was very shocked by that yeah and he's cool i've seen him in concert and hope to see him again he's a real cool guy he is a handsome fellow he is that is true okay and coming in well this isn't really number one but this is this is the fifth song like these aren't in order because they're just describing my life but the last song on my list is by a group called one chance which you probably haven't heard of but from what i understand one chance was created by usher oh as kind of Usher wanted to become, well, he is a music producer as well as an artist, but he wanted to create his own group. And he created a group called One Chance for a small period of time. They weren't that successful, but they have this song. And I think it's called No Name. Like you can't find it on iTunes or anything. I just I found what? it on YouTube and I, I ripped it once. Like, and so I have the track. It's called No Name. And it is simply just a beautiful R&B song that you would sing to like the love of your life. And I love R&B for like two reasons. One, I feel like the words in most R&B songs are like very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And to have that moment to be able to sing it to someone would be awesome. But the other reason I like R&B is kind of a chaotic good reason is because R&B singers aren't necessarily known as like the most loyal people. And so like they sing these like weird, these lovely flowery songs to multiple women Uh. and i'm like that's so ironic (laughs) that is so ironic so i like r&b with the hopes that like i can sing one song to one person and that's it right (laughs) no 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 i'm not even saying it for that reason that's just how i feel but this song is it just has really good i love really good melodies it has like really good words it's super cheesy but (laughs) But it's it's cool. Like, you should definitely listen to it if you can find it. And if not, if I could find it, yeah, I think just that's hit me, the- just hit me up, and I have the track, and I will somehow play it to you somehow, so you can hear it. 
Oh, that's awesome. I I really am looking forward to listening to some of the songs that I haven't heard because I like your taste in music. We both connect on the R&B level. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I remember you had some very emotional songs in your, your, ga- <laughs> your gaming section. Of a your little show. emotional? Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. But you know, in fact, there's one thing. I don't know if I'm going to release it in season two, but I want to do this segment in season two where I read lyrics from R&B songs, but without melody because there's a lot of R&B songs that are super creepy. And, and it's like, <laughs> if it wasn't in a song, it would be the weirdest thing. Like, like there's literally a bunch of songs that are just like, hey, I was sitting in the corner of the room staring at you. Staring at you, yes! Right? Like, and if, yes. if, if you don't sing it, it's like weird. Like anyone, yeah. who got a, anyone who got a message on Instagram, ladies, if you got a message from a guy that's like, yo, I was staring at you from across the room the other day and I just wanted to say hi. Like, no, that's not, that's the, but, but R&B songs get away with it. And it's like the weirdest thing. So that I kind of want to turn that into like a comedic section. Where you just like read <laughs> R&B lyrics that are really obscure and awkward. Oh, that's awesome. I hope you do that because that is just so uncomfortable, but right? funny at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I think <laughs> there's, a lot of, love that. there's a lot of comedy there. <laughs> so before we take this to a close, is there mm-hmm. anything that you want to talk about that we didn't get to talk about? I mean, I think we're good. I mean, hopefully we can do this again at the end of season two. And as the podcast picks up more steam, we can have some more submissions. But I just personally want to say a special thank you to Usman, Tasha, Jenna, Jasmine, Gloria, and Haley and Bethany for submitting questions. And a very, very special thank you to you, Tatiana, for being the host of the season finale of the Kidger Express interview car episode 10. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This of was course, fun. Of course. And I hope you had a good time being hosted. Yeah, it was, it was, I said that right. It was cool. I, it was good being hosted. It was cool being solicited, uh, solicited. to the world by my friends. And, uh, you know, <laughs> answering questions on the spot is always fun. So thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you tune in for what we have in store for the seasons to come. Bye, everyone. And that's that. To everyone who listened, subscribed, and left a review. To the ones that shared links or publicized my work. It's because of you I can do what I do here. Season 2 will air in mid to late 2020. And a new car of the Express is already under development. We got a great cast for Season 2 and I'm excited to have you back. So until next time, remember, I'm Ezekiel Kajakai. And your life is what you make it. So go on and make it good.